like we're recording now. I want to make sure. Come on, wait for it. I'll stop singing. That's immediately I'll stop singing. Um, okay, hello and welcome back to sports. Well, Lord help me. Hello and welcome back to the Sports Breed Podcast, episode 89. I believe we're getting to 89. That was actually my high school number. Uh, my freshman year and my brother's number as well. We got two special guests. Tristan Rancor, how are you doing, my man? Keep Packers good. Uh, 89. What are you, run wide receiver out there? Tight end? I was. Now, uh, disclaimer, I'll get into the full story in a second. I was a wide receiver. My brother was a tight end. My brother was a tight end the year before me. And actually, um, <laughs> he never caught a pass. <laughs> It, it was kind of just, it was, he's mainly, this, our coach was like, you're just going to be a blocker. Um, I'll get more into that. And also, uh, I got my good uh, buddy Joe Price, uh, Cowboys fan on it as well. We got both ends of the spectrum today. What's up, Joe? Howdy. <laughs> I got to be honest. Um, I'm eating chicken because my wife made dinner. And the one thing I've learned in, li- in married life so far is you either eat your food or get beat. Uh, so that's kind of what I'm learning. Um, but anyway, um, as we go through this, I got to... Um, I got to be honest. So the the whole uh, high school number thing. My brother was a tight end, six foot five. Here I am, five foot ten with two inch heels. And this man was he he could never never catch a pass. Like he had all the help that you would ever want. Um, like in terms of height and everything. But our quarterback would try to throw it to him, and it just didn't work. Like he just for whatever reason he could never catch the ball. Like he threw it to him one time, and it was like way over his head. And I'm thinking. Man, that boy could hunt geese with a rake. Why? How could you miss a six foot five tight end? Like, it doesn't make any sense. And then I went, I, I switched number 31 my junior year and senior year. I was 41. Tristan, what number were you? 16. 16. Ooh, I like it. The big one, six. Joe? Yeah. I don't remember what numbers I wore playing soccer in <laughs> high school. So, uh, yeah, that's not like something I can I, recall. I was. I mean, I started as a freshman. No big deal. But yeah, <laughs> small flex there. Weird flex. Weird flex. Uh, no, I'm just kidding. Um, that's I. I didn't even see. I barely saw the bench as a freshman. Um, but yeah, a lot of a lot of great things to talk about today. Um, you know, I. I honestly am. I'm going to be 100 honest on something. Like I really don't know if the Packers are. Like Tristan, you can like tell me if I'm wrong. But are the Packers not in like one of those moments of like, okay, you either win these next two games. Or half of the state riots. Yeah, I I think that's fair to say. I think uh, you either win the Super Bowl or else there's uh, uh you're gonna lose a couple key players in Aaron and Devonte. I think regardless of what happens, one of those two will be gone next year. Uh, unfortunately, unless they pull the franchise tag on Devonte Adams, which I really hope they don't do. But yeah, I think um, after the amount of NFC title NFC title games they've been to and. The way they've been losing them. If they, uh, if it happens again, I, I don't see it being a happy ending for Aaron and Green Bay for sure. Now, also need to kind of touch on. And this is my fault for not bringing this up a little bit earlier. Sorry for eating chicken on air, but I'm starving. Been a long day, Joe. I have never seen, in my twenty some odd years of watching football or something like that, I have never seen. A play call like Kellen Moore made the other day against the Cowboys. Now, we talked about it in the office today. Or against the 49ers. Against the 49ers, yep. <laughs> and I got to be honest, I thought about it for a bit. And I said, I think you were right. Joe said that play call against the 49ers, and Tristan, you can chime in here if what, what do you think as well. That play call by Kellen Moore, you are either going to be the biggest hero or the biggest, like, idiot on the planet for calling a play like that, a draw up the middle with like what 14 seconds left. Like there's no yeah. one between like, you're going to make a play. Like you're going to make a call that nobody, it's like, um, uh, Russell Wilson or not Russell Wilson, Pete Carroll making that call, not to give it to, um, Marshawn Lynch in the Super Bowl a couple years back on the one a yard line. It's like, you're either going to be a genius or you're going to be like the complete Indian can poop of the entire NFL. And I, 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 I love the play call, but I'm also kind of like, I don't know. Like, I have mixed feelings. What are your guys' thoughts? We're only talking about it because it happened to be the last play of the game. I mean, there were nine or ten other plays in the previous four minutes where the game probably should have ended and everyone watching it expected to. Like, you know, uh, so that happening happened to be the one where the clock ran out and they didn't have any sort of thing in place for when a referee somewhat interferes with the play. 
uh, I'm not blaming the loss on the referees. I'm just saying in that in that instance because mm-hmm. I, I I lay the loss squarely at McCarthy's feet. Mm-hmm. Them being in that situation was the result of a lot of other problems that were upstream of of that. And even if so, let's say they had spiked the ball in time with a second, two seconds left on the clock, like there hadn't been the the seconds lost from having to reset the ball because they didn't hand it to the ref, and that's again on Dak Prescott. Um, best case scenario, they throw a touchdown pass, tie the game up. Zerline goes for the extra point and misses, and then they go to overtime because he's got to miss at least one uh, extra point or field goal in every game this season. So I, I don't know that even if that call had gone successfully that they would have won it. And so I, the call doesn't bother me that much, especially, I mean, they had six guys on the sidelines. They were going to have to go down the middle somehow. Um, or do something really tricky. And I, I think what they did was the right call in the situation. The fact that it didn't work out is indicative of, you know, other things which we can kind of dive into. But and I that uh, in the moment, it bothered me more than I mean, I lay prone on the on the floor after the game was over for about 10 minutes, just face down because I couldn't believe that's how it ended after especially mm-hmm. after the last two minutes. But I I don't think it was a bad call in the moment, you know, considering how bad they are at situational football overall. It mm-hmm. was sort of decent situational football, just the 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 way it was followed up, and you know, we can we can get into that. Later, I, you know, but. it's interesting when we talk about that play. Like we said, you're either going to be the hero or the zero in that situation. Like, I don't know, Tristan. Like, did you watch? Were you able to watch the game? He's wearing a Dallas hat, by the way. Much respect and love. Were you were you able to watch the game? Yeah, I watched it. Um, yeah. yeah, on that play call, I agree. I think schematically it was the right play call. I think you had to you had to go over the middle, whether it was throwing a crosser and then trying to get a get a spike. Seeing what they had lined up on defense, they had a guy every seven, ten yards up the, each sideline. Um, so the only thing that could have worked to get them out of bounds is something similar to like one of those ladder sideline level plays like mm-hmm. the Minneapolis Miracle they had like four guys run different levels to the sideline that was the only thing that probably maybe could have worked but in my head I'm thinking okay just take off up the middle um spike it with a couple seconds left and schematically good play call should have worked um if the ball was given to a referee um and they were able to spot it I think they probably get the get the spike off with two seconds or one second left. But that's uh, that's kind of the story of Mike McCarthy's coaching career in Green Bay. That's kind of how it went. Um, the team, they seemed unprepared in a lot of big games. They would always come out flat, and they would always yep. somehow kind of rally in the second half, um, throw some crap together and almost make a comeback, but then come up short. That's how it was in Green Bay for a long time. I think that's what got him out of there, um, his lack of preparation. And the penalties, the discipline was awful. Um, I don't know how many penalties Dallas had that game, but they had a lot. Uh, 14. Yeah, that's that's a ton. Um, yeah. Yeah. I, but, yeah, the play call, I thought it was a good play call. I don't think there's really any passing scenario that would have got him out of bounds. Um, if, yeah, I mean, I looking back on it, I would have, if I was Kellen Moore, I would have called that play again. Um <laughs> just hoping you get the ball off in time and hoping you get the, uh, the ball to a ref to get spotted. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, that's, that was, uh, that one's on Dak. And I understand the moment he didn't really try to do anything against the rules. He just put the ball down where he slid, got yeah. in the formation and the ref had to come up from behind, shove him out of the way and respot it like three different times. He kind of like moved it around. Like it was Tetris. Yeah. I know. And, yeah, <laughs> like, and, and the ref, came in from very very far behind if you've seen yes. that old 22 footage he's he's 30 yards back and trying to motor downfield it which which i don't hold that against this 50 year old you know dentist or lawyer or whatever he is full time yeah uh, to not be able to get down there in time he got fooled by the play just like anyone else did on the field and so i i i, I was mad in the moment but just just having seen that it he should have been closer. He wasn't. 
The Cowboys' offense wasn't ready, though. Um, Schultz and a lot of other guys were out of position. Everybody was out of position on that. It, they really didn't have enough time. Maybe if they had had 18 seconds on the clock, it would have worked, but uh, they should have never been in that position anyway. They should have been... They should have been up two scores because many of the third down completions that uh, Jimmy G had all day, um, he got while uh, his O-line was committing holding penalties on Micah Parsons. And on, um, I I, I don't think I'm being conspiratorial when I'm saying they didn't call it all game long. Like you can go to the footage and see it yourself. That's a good, Uh, that's a big word, man. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, it, it, like I hate I hate to blame the refs because like um, like was pointed out, a lot of this is Mike McCarthy's fault and and is a pattern with him and has been a pattern through him in both the places where he's been the head coach and and uh, so it, it it doesn't help all the things that he contributes, but there were there was bad officiating in the game in general. Mm-hmm. And and San Francisco just doesn't feel like that dominant a team, no. um, especially in the fourth quarter. Mm-hmm. Um, we've well, seen. You, you, you oh, sorry, a yeah. Just... About... Go ahead. Go ahead. Sorry, I, I hate to bring this up, but like they're not a dominant team. But I saw I told this to Justin, uh, uh, and, uh, Justin Wickersham, our sports guy, and also Christina Holiday, our other reporter at KNB, and I said, okay, if the Cowboys don't put up points. Right away, the 49ers are going to win because, like, mm-hmm. the 49ers have that run game that it's like they're going to wear you down. And the, my Vikings were a great example of that. They had them, like, I want to say they ran for over what 200 yards against the Vikings, something crazy like that. Like, at first, it didn't seem like that big of a bleeding. And wait, did the, did the Packers play the 49ers this year? I don't remember, Tristan. Yeah, they played them in week three or four when uh, okay. they left Aaron 37 seconds and one timeout, and they won. Oh, yeah, too much time. Too much time for Aaron. We, we talked about that. Yeah. yeah. Um, well, then I think and when I was looking at against the Vikings, I'm thinking, okay, they're going to run for 200 yards as long as they can hold them to field goals. But, like, it started out as field goals, and then it was like, okay, now they're running in touchdowns. This is getting out of hand. So, like, that's the thing about the, with, with the 49ers for me. It's like they're not the most explosive offense, but they got enough guys and like, Brandon Ayuk, Debo Samuel, uh, obviously, uh, you know, that that tight end George Kittle, who we think is the best tight end in football, some of us do. I do think Where like I, I who 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 among us thinks that? Me and Tristan have been like George Kittle apologists since like <laughs> he's elite. I, uh, I will give you that he's an elite tight end, but I don't I don't know that I'd call him the best in the league. I, I, but I guess I'd have to think of somebody who I think is better than him. Travis Kelsey is a common one. Um, Dalton Schultz is really underrated in my mind. Who's another one that I'm thinking of? Yeah, um, Schultz so is many... the is the receiver of the future for the Cowboys. He's he's Dak's favorite target. Um, I had him on as... fantasy. I loved it. Yeah, like nobody thanks. picked him up. I was like, this guy had 60 catches last year. How does nobody pick this guy up? Anyway, I'm sorry I got derailed. Um, no, I think the 49ers were one of those teams that like. They're not going to put up 30 points, but they also could. Like they, The reason they could is because of their run game. Like They can run the football in so many different creative ways. I actually want to go back to that. That uh, We'll talk about the 49ers in the game more in just a second. But like, I really want to go back to like there was a play call earlier by Kellen Moore, and I don't know if you saw this, Tristan, but it reminded me a lot of something you would call like on Madden. I don't know why, but like it was a play call where like it was like an out, and then he pitched it back to Wilson, and he got like 17 more yards in a first down. I was like – like towards the end of the game, there I'm like, this is wild. This is something Tristan would call on Madden. Like that was genius, and it kind of like I get again. We know that Kellen Moore is probably going to be the hated guy here, but it's play calls like that that might get him a second look. I don't know. Yeah, shoot, I don't know. That was it was a good play call. I, I did see that play, and uh, did they try that two times in that game? They tried it two I'm times. Not mistaken. Yeah. Um, that's right. But, yeah, it was it's an excellent play call. Um, it's something you don't see a whole lot of. So when you do see it, it throws everybody off guard. But it's just something so simple that it could work, like, every time you yeah. try it. But uh, nobody ever expects it. So it was a good play call and a great time to call the play. But, yeah, it was. they need to do that a little bit more. Um, I'd like to see that more often ran by other teams around the league. Some, no, backyard, yeah. some backyard football play calls. So yeah. – 
Now we have to ask this question. I think it's really big before we get more into the game. If if Joe wants, if he feels, if he if he's over the the moaning period, I'm emotionally I capable of it at this point. <laughs> yeah, sure. Is so like at this point, can we just say that the Cowboys either need to elevate um, either Dan Quinn or Kellen Moore at this point? Like I just feel like getting like Mike McCarthy needs to go. Like, I'm not trying to be disrespectful, but, like, that team has waited way too much talent for two years now, and they have not performed at all, especially with this year because that defense took such a huge step forward. Yeah. Um, I mean, I, I think you brought me on right after um, right after they had hired uh, McCarthy. Yeah. And even before they did, I when he was coaching at the Packers, I, I called him the dumbest coach to ever – win a Super Bowl and largely on the strength of Aaron Rodgers just just yeah maybe, you know yeah. willing that team to that victory down in Dallas um yeah I, I, I was I was pretty upset that that Jerry hired him I kind of understood the hire just because I I I kind of I, I as much as I dislike it I understand who <clears throat> Jerry is as a person um, and the kinds of people he likes to have working for him, going from Wade Phillips to to um, uh, the ginger from Princeton, um, to to Mike McCarthy. I, yeah, I, I so I I've been hoping he would get fired since before he got hired, and with with the way Dan Quinn's come around and and transformed the defense from either the worst or the second worst mm-hmm. in the league to statistically among the best, that's, that's pretty great. Um, I feel like that's, that should be recognized, especially because there's a risk of him getting hired by some, some other entity, uh, some other team um, Is it and too, like, go ahead, beating them there. I, I would, I, McCarthy needs to go no matter what. And it, it pains me to think that we might have, one to two more years with him because Jerry's just got to be right about his decision. But to, I would, I would hire, I would promote Quinn to, because you can't give Quinn a raise because he's still getting paid by Atlanta. Apparently I heard that today. I think it was Broussard on, on Fox that said that, but they, they can't give him a raise unless they promote him. Um, so I think he would make a good head coach for this mm-hmm. Cowboys team. Over um, like, but like we've seen what Dan Quinn can do when he was the head coach of the Falcons, and like, you know, I'm not going to bring up 28 to three, but all I'm saying right. is that like we saw what happened, and I'm like, well, who that, who was his uh, coordinator when he when he did that? By the way, they're going into Green Bay this weekend. So like, uh, and that was I, I think that was part of why San Francisco did so well against. Um, Dallas on Monday. Not a lot of people have credited that is that Quinn and, and Shanahan used to work together. Um, so they know each other well. Um, yeah. So I think they both had a had a challenge scheming against each other. And I love Kellen Moore. I want him to remain in the organization. I don't know that he's ready to be the head coach of that team. And I don't know that after that wild card performance that anybody wants to make him their head coach good point um i i i know he's being interviewed for other positions and whatnot but maybe in college um for a guy that played for the team i i I don't know i could see kellen moore doing pulling a similar kind of career arc to jason garrett where he was the backup quarterback under the um, you know a bigger star and stayed with the team and worked his way up and eventually became head coach. Except Kellen Moore, even though he has a look on his face, like he's always going, come on, guys. Um, I I think he's got a lot more intelligence and creativity about the game than than Jason Garrett ever had. Yeah, um, that's yeah, Jason Garrett. That's who it was. Yeah, the, yeah. the redhead from the Princeton, ginger from Princeton. Yeah. <laughs> um, okay, now I have, a, asked, I have to ask kind of a bigger question. It's like, um, now we're going to kind of shift – Focus a little bit here towards the Packers, but it's still this is open dialogue, boys. This is whatever we want to talk about. Um, I don't like to ask this hypothetical question because I feel like it's it's people can say you're targeted, you're a Vikings fan. I actually have a lot more respect for Packers 
not only fans but the organization that a lot of people like do at all because I have had to deal with Brett Favre and Aaron Rodgers every single year beating this my team and like going to go going to a Super Bowl, winning a Super Bowl, going to the NFC Championship game multiple times. I digress. My question is this. If if the Packers lose to the 49ers, is like does that mean they are stuck? Or if the Packers lose in the NFC Championship game to I'm assuming probably be the Buccaneers at this point. I don't know. But like does that mean the Packers are stuck? Tristan what do you mean by stuck? Because, so, like, we've seen – we have seen the the head coach of the Green Bay Packers, that is uh, Matt LaFleur, that is now in a point where first two seasons, 13-3, and three, NFC Championship game. If he loses in these next two games, does that – especially with the, the future of Aaron Rodgers kind of uncertain at this point, like we can kind of assume he's probably – might be back. We don't know yet. We're kind of waiting to see what happens. Does that mean they're stuck is my question. Sorry. Yeah, I would think so. Mm-hmm. Um, I think this year, I mean, I thought this last year. I thought it was like a do or die. Yeah, um, But I think this year it actually is because of what Aaron did with his contract this offseason, this last offseason. Mm-hmm. He shortened it, shortened it so that way it would end after this year and make it extremely easy for him to leave if he wished. Um, I know that the, the relations have improved a lot uh, between him and the front office, uh, Gutekist and Mark Murphy, and he's been – a part of some of the decisions and bringing back Randall Cobb and uh, bringing in Devondre Campbell and Russell Douglas. He's been a part of a lot of these conversations, which I know is what he wanted, but I'm not sure. Honestly, I think if they lose to San Francisco, then um, yeah, they're probably stuck. I don't, I'm not really sure what will happen next year. I'm sure they'll still be good next year. Aaron will still be good if he is back in Green Bay. Um, But it just seems like if they don't win the Super Bowl this year, it's probably not happening. Like, I want to make I want to make it abundantly clear. I don't see that happening. And again, it's not because the, the I believe the 49ers are a tough team. They are yeah. a tough team that plays good defense. Nick Bosa, if I saw that man in the hallway, I might curl in the fetal position. Like that man is a bad man. So is I he even in for the next game? Do I, we know if he's I've confirmed? heard he's I, I'm not confirmed yet at this point, but I, I do believe uh from what I had seen though, uh from Justin, he at least had told me the day that he had seen that somebody had said he was either practicing or like he was limited. I can't, uh, I can't remember. Um, I'll have to check. Thinking on the part of a Ford Inners fan. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I, I'm not 100 percent sure, but like, I guess. Um, oh, looks like he. Uh, let's see here. Uh, apparently, he didn't practice today. So I don't know. That, I was just saying in general. I mean, if I see this man in, you know, injured or not in a hallway, uh, fetal position uh, right away. Uh, but anyway, all I gotta say is, you know, I think. This is an interesting game for me because, like, the 49ers are a team, again, that can run the football. We saw what happened a couple years ago in the NFC Championship game against the Packers. But this Packers team is different. Like, I get a different feeling because you've got Devondre Campbell who's graded out one of the top linebackers in the league. Uh, You know, and as Tristan mentioned a little bit ago, um, Rasul Douglas has had a really good year this year. It's like this defense is different. Um, You know, Tristan, what are you looking for in this game? Like, what are you like – like, what's your feeling? I am uh, I'm looking to see how Green Bay comes out in the first quarter. If they do not come out and score points in the first quarter, they're probably going to lose the game. Um, they're, San Francisco is too good and too well-balanced of a team that you, you can't put it off. Like we saw it with Dallas. You can't. Um, there, are, there are some certain teams that you can not score a whole lot in the first half, and in the second half you can score a barrage of points and you can win. But San Francisco is not one of those teams. You have to score – 7-14 in the first quarter um, to uh, to get your momentum going and to have a chance at beating these guys. They're too well-balanced. They've got a lot of depth on the defensive line. Um, they blitz a lot. They bring a hell of a lot of pressure at the quarterback. So getting the ball out quick is going to be something that's going to need to happen right away. Um, what I'm assuming they come out with right away is probably like a five-yard out to Devontae just mm-hmm. to keep them honest. They're probably mm-hmm. not going to run a whole lot the first drive. I would assume Green Bay is going to come out throwing just to uh, keep San Francisco on their toes a little bit and not bring in a whole lot of pressure is what I would expect. But, uh, yeah, this San Francisco team is good. Um, They're the sixth seed, but I think they went from – I think they were as high as two or three at one point and went down to the sixth with that last division loss or 
No, that was uh, the Rams that went down from like two to four. That's right. Yep, yep. That's correct. But uh, yeah, Debo Samuel, uh, aside from Devontae and Aaron, he's probably one of the more dominant players that's left in the NFC on the field. I mean, you get the ball in Debo Samuel's hands, he's going to get positive yards one way or the other. He does not get tackled by the first defender ever. Yeah. Um, he's gonna. He's probably going to give the Packers fits. But one thing I'm extremely excited about is to see how our returning starters play in their first game back. Um, we're getting Jair Alexander back this week. Ooh, that's big. Which is which you would think is big, but having not played all season, I'm interested to see how they use him. Um, if they throw him right into his starting role or not, or if they play him limited because Russell Douglas and Eric Stotes have been playing so well. Mm-hmm. Um, Zadarius Smith is back this week. Um, so it'll be good to get him in the rotation with the pass for us. Whitney Merciless is back this week. Um, Bakhtiari is back. I love that. Last week. But, uh, yeah, there's a lot of pieces. Lucas Patrick. Um, so basically every starter we have, Billy Turner's back. Uh, every starter we have is back. And the team is fully healthy. Um, I know there are still some people limited. Jair Alexander's limited right now, but he's going to play. But mm-hmm. I'm just – I'm really interested to see how these guys play. Um, I don't think it would be a wise move by LaFleur to throw these guys in, like, starting the game. Like, uh, I would probably try to get them on some kind of rotation, maybe play, like, 40 50% of the snaps just to see how they do. Uh, But, yeah, it's going to be interesting getting all these pieces back. They haven't played with the starting unit the whole year uh, besides practice. So I'm I'm not expecting a whole lot from these guys returning, but uh, it'll be good to get them back, and hopefully the offense comes out swinging because if they don't, they're in trouble. Mm-hmm. I agree. I, I also kind of want to bring up a something. Now, me and Joe were talking about this, Tristan, so I'm sorry to uh, kind of uh, put this on you. But, like, the Philadelphia Eagles have three first-round draft picks in this upcoming NFL draft. And it's like, okay, the Eagles snuck I, – I, they did sneak into the playoffs. Like, because there was, like, f- at one point the Vikings were in it. Uh, the Saints were in it. There were just so many teams vying for that last playoff spot. And somehow – somehow uh, they came away with a play by us playoff spot there. And I'm like, okay, Jalen hurts is playing pretty well. They can run the ball a little bit. Um, you've seen their defense. That's improved at times. There's, there's certain things of uh, the Zach Ertz or not Zach Ertz, Dallas Goddard rather, excuse me, uh, is a man, uh, former Britain, South Dakota native. What up, uh, represent. And, uh, I think moving forward, this Philadelphia team is kind of scary. Like if you think about it, like, you know, I I've started playing this uh, when I, I I like I think about a couple months ago before the wedding I got COVID. Thank God it didn't affect anything with the uh, with the wedding, but um, I got COVID and I started playing this football manager game. And my wife will attest to this that I got way too into it uh, because she, every night she'd be like, "Are you ready for bed?" Like, yeah, just maybe two 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 more hours um, because I got way too into it. And I I got it to the point where I could get like three first round picks all in a row, like one two three, boom boom boom, and it got me thinking. If an NFL team can do that, like if they can get like three top picks or like a multitude of picks in a row, uh, especially high in the draft, like could they a turn around their franchise and b what does that mean here? So like the, I think uh, right now the Philadelphia Eagles have own like three different draft picks, um, and I believe it's something like um, like fourteen, nineteen, or it's it's crazy. It's literally all three in a row. Um, and I'm actually going to look it up here uh, real quick because I, I don't remember off the top of my head. I thought I put this down. But, um, again, so three first-round li- – Sorry, go ahead. Yeah. No, no worries. No, so three first-round draft picks. You've got um, the Eagles who uh, – nat- I believe their natural draft position is going to be in that uh, 13 to 15 range. Here you are. Yeah, okay. So they have got the 15th overall pick from the Miami Dolphins. They have got the 16th overall pick from uh, the Indianapolis Colts. And then they have the 19th overall pick, which is their pick. So it's like 15, 16, and 19. Like they're in a three-player stretch there where that's huge. What do you guys – like what do you guys – when you see that, like what do you guys think of? I think of, okay, this is three immediate positions of need. We are going best player available at every single position. What do you guys think? Go ahead, Joe. Oh, yeah. Uh, well, as a Cowboys fan, all it makes me think of is is the urgency to get rid of McCarthy and to to put a coach who can utilize the talent that's there. Because I, I think I've been saying this. I said this last summer. I said this uh, before that at the draft. 
Um, I, I think talent wise, like that roster, the Cowboys roster is one of the best in the league. You just need a coach who's not a dumb dumb to to be a leader there. And um, we can't depend on the NFC East to be the basement of the league, it, you know, to be the AFC South of the current era, basically. Um, because cause I think the Eagles were sneaky good this year, and they're going to be uh, really, really dangerous. Maybe the drafts they'll get, those three picks they have in the first round will be the kind of picks that don't really, you know, integrate into the team um, for a season. That's like the best case scenario. But more realistically, I mean, you saw how a player like Micah Parsons helped turn around yep. um, an entire defense. And, you know, Dan Quinn was a factor and Randy Gregory coming back from various things was a factor. But uh I've seen what one player can do to to a defensive or offensive unit, and I I think the the Eagles are fully capable of springing to life and being being a threat again, um, mm -hmm. both to take that division and you know in the playoffs. Yeah, because um, I don't think anyone considered them a favorite the year they won the Super Bowl. I'm not saying they're. Yeah. They're a threat anytime soon, but I, 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 I'm done counting the Eagles out as just kind of an annoying joke, like I used to treat them. Like they're they are, they are the probably the best run franchise in in the NFC East. I, okay, I, would, I, was gonna, I would say. I, I mean the Giants. The NFL. There I was like, Ooh. <laughs> oh no no no, just 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 that division because. Um, and, and and I would say the Giants are the second best run, and then <laughs> then the Cowboys, and then the the team run by Dan Snyder's wife, um, whatever whatever they're going to be called by the time this this episode airs. But uh, <laughs> so uh, to me, that the 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 potential that they have to improve in this off season is scary to me, especially if nothing changes. Because I don't think much needs to change personnel wise for the Cowboys. We could definitely use some fresher, fresher bodies on the offensive line, because yeah. um, because the the guys who were the greats on that O line, kind of between the Romo and Dak Prescott era, are aging out. And oh, I had him here somewhere in one of my notes, but it's like seventy two or seventy three that gets called for a penalty at least two or three times every single game. I think he's our right. Not our tackle, but is our guard. Is it Leo Collins? Uh, Collins is okay. It's it's a newer guy. I, I should be able to bring him up right away, but I can't can't remember off the top of my head. No, it's not Collins. Um, we need to shore up the O line, and we need to improve coaching. So um, Tyler Beadis, or is that is it, or Zach Martin, or Connor Williams? It's not Zach Martin. I, I don't even think he's a starter, but he always ends up. In the games and oh, Connor McGovern, yes, Connor McGovern, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so there, there's improvement that needs to be made on those lines, and the arms race is only going to get harder every year. You mm -hmm. know, like it's it's um, other teams are going to improve, other teams are going to go down, but in that division and in the in that conference, um, yeah, the Eagles, the Eagles' future is a little scary. To me yeah. so that's yeah no kidding um and i know as a packers fan tristan i know that this this division doesn't really like doesn't really interfere with us until you know you play the cowboys or one of these teams but like you know when you see a team that has like three first round draft picks what's your reaction if i'm well i guess if i'm the eagles um the way i'd probably play it my first two i would probably go best available and then that third one i would probably do biggest need yeah. Um, just to address it in the first round because you can, but yeah, like he said, you you've seen what one player, a different one player could make on a team um, versus just drafting your biggest need. Whether Micah Parsons was their biggest need or not, he's an absolute monster. Um, just drafting like Green Bay last year or was it last year, two years ago? I wanted them so bad to draft Patrick Queen um, because they needed that inside linebacker. 
they need an inside linebacker, but they got Campbell, thank God, this year. And uh, he's been pr- performing extremely well. But yeah, if I'm if I'm Philly, I'm going uh, best available, maybe all three, and then addressing my need after that. Just get three studs, three playmakers right away in the first round, and then address because a lot of uh, a lot of your uh, need positions they don't need to come in the first round unless it's something like glaring, like quarterback, wide receiver. Mm-hmm. Um, you can get good old linemen in the second and third round. You can get good. You can get good almost everything after the first round. Mm-hmm. Um, Wide receivers, like last year, there was a plethora of wide receivers in the draft. Yep. Um, I know this year there's not as many uh, big-name stars in almost any – a lot of the positions that there were last year, but I'm still – I'm probably going best three available, uh, at least for the first two picks. But the Eagles, um, contrary to what you think, I personally don't see them as a scary contender in the future for the NFC East because I don't think Jalen Hurts can take them anywhere. Um, oh, wow. I, I think he's a good quarterback, but I don't think he is the quarterback uh, that will take them like deep into a postseason ever. Similarly to the way I don't think Kyler Murray will take Arizona anywhere ever. Um, there's there's a handful of quarterbacks I feel this way about that I don't think will have a success. Um, it's funny they all happen to be OU quarterbacks. I don't know oh, yeah. if it's just some <laughs> kind of uh, if it's some kind of curse OU quarterbacks have, but I just don't. They don't have very much success in the league. I mean, they're good in the regular season uh, for the most part. They're not terrible. But mm-hmm. Kyler Murray, I've never really believed in him. I never believed in the Cardinals. I've told my friend who's an Arizona fan who works with me here in Texas. He's like, oh, man, they're going to get to the playoffs. They're going to be dangerous. I'm like, no, they're not, dude. Like, Kyler Murray is not going to take him anywhere. I think he's extremely overrated. Um, and you'll see. Like, he's going to crumble under pressure like he always does. Uh, this isn't college. Um and sure enough, he crumbled under pressure. Dude looked lost out on the field. He's it was tough. Mentally extremely underdeveloped in the sense of football IQ, similarly to how Jameis Winston was in Tampa Bay. Um, and I'm not saying that to say he's like an interception machine, but when the pressure comes and when stuff is crashing down, he makes the dumbest decisions you could probably make. Um, and it's just not it's not just that interception he threw to avoid the safety. It happened all the time with him um, in the regular season. If it was coming down to like a game winning drive and he was under pressure, he would do some weird like Russell Wilson run back 30 yards scrambling and he would take a sack rather than throwing it out of bounds or something that makes you go like, what the hell are you doing? Mm-hmm. Um, is, I, is I think clock, you're right. That, yes. Oh, yeah. sorry. I, I think just wanted to say. Yeah. His clock management is awful as well. I've seen him try to run a hurry-up offenses, and he can't do it. He cannot run a two-man drill to save his life. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think Kyler Murray, Jalen Hurts, I would pick Jalen Hurts over the two of those guys 10 out of 10 times, um, except he's got a lot of, like, technical uh, – he sails almost every pass he throws. Jalen Hurts does. He throws a high. Something mm-hmm. needs to be fixed either with his throwing mechanic, uh, setting his feet. Um, I don't know. I look at the game from a, a different way than a lot of people um, – but he needs he needs to clean some stuff up like mechanically if he's gonna ever advance. But I think he can, and I feel like he's smart enough to do that. Um, but yeah, I don't really see them being scary unless they draft three absolute studs. In my opinion, Gardner Minshew should have played the whole second half of that game against Tampa because mm-hmm. he can actually throw on time, he can throw on schedule, he can put it on people's chests, and if he's having a good game, the dude's on fire. Like he either yeah. he's either on fire. Or he's a dumpster fire. It's like one of the two yeah. things you're going to get with Gardner Minshew. But uh, with Jalen Hurts playing that inconsistently the whole game, it was just like they should have they should have moved on from him really early in that game and moved on to Gardner Minshew. But uh, they could be scary if uh, Jalen Hurts develops a little bit as a thrower. Um, but I, I personally don't see it happening. Mm-hmm. Joe? I, I, I concur with you about everything you said about – it's a product of them being OU quarterbacks and throw Baker Mayfield in there too. Cause um, they play in the big 12. So they're not used to seeing a college defense, let alone an NFL defense. Um, and that's, that's a knock on the big 12, even though I'm a horns fan. Um, Cause there just is no defense in the big 12. So it, it's not something they're ever accustomed to even before they come in the league, let alone the, the difference in speed. In my imagination, thinking of the Eagles as scary in the next two years, I wasn't even considering the fact that Jalen Hurts will still be their quarterback. Um, they'll either go with Minshew in training camp or early on in the season, or they'll bring someone else in in the offseason. They might make a move. 
Because yeah, I I he's not a factor in 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 my prognostication about Philly because I <laughs> I just don't feel like he has uh, he's never had the support of the fans and there's reasons for that. But um, I yeah I don't I don't see him being the thing to worry about about that Philadelphia team. Um, mm-hmm. It's a quarterback to be named later, I guess, and it could be Minshew. Um, but, but who knows what's going to happen this off season. Maybe, maybe, uh, maybe Aaron Rodgers will suit up for the Eagles. Who knows? Oh, uh, there's yeah, maybe, there's uh, so many things that could happen. <laughs> maybe Deshaun Watson. Oh right. man. Like I was listening to a podcast the other day, uh, that was talking like, if like, if there was no emotional baggage or if there was no, excuse me, if there was no baggage with, uh, Deshaun Watson with what's going on with him right now, I mean, I think any team would be giving a well. I'd, well, clearly the Texans wouldn't be getting, wouldn't be benching him, and now he wouldn't be playing. But like, I don't think any team would have any problem with giving up their first five draft picks uh, for like their first five for like the next their their first round picks for the next five years is what I'm trying to say because it's the stand. He is a franchise. He was the only reason the Texans were ever relevant ever. Yeah. Like I just I don't know I. Oh, talent wise, yeah, but his his. Um, ambiguous legal outcomes will will prevent that from happening. Nobody's oh, yeah. going to bet the farm on him until they know that he's going to be available for employment. Um, yeah. There's a lot of teams that could use him. I think you're right that most teams would take him because talent-wise, he's potentially one of the best quarterbacks in the league. Um, yeah. And he's never had the weapons, and he's never had a decent coach. Offensive line. Like, mm-hmm. ugh. Okay, now real quick, I want to go like through uh, some of the games that are coming up. This and you guys give me your guys, your guys kind of predictions and thoughts on who's going to win, because um, I think this is going to be a really interesting week this week. So Saturday, January twenty second, that's four days from now, uh, at four thirty Eastern time, Eastern Standard Time, Eastern Eastern Time, the Cincinnati Bengals play the Tennessee Titans. Um, what are your guys' thoughts, uh, score predictions? Personally, right now, real quick, I have the Titans winning this one. I feel like, I don't know. I have said this from the very beginning. The Bengals got a lot better because they drafted Jamar Chase, but can you imagine if they somehow had two top 10 draft picks, got a guy like Penny Sewell who was could play right tackle, or um, I think he could still play left tackle, but you could kick him into guard too. Like If they were able to address that offensive line, you know, and plus their defense is good, but it's not like amazing, I, I take the Titans in this one. Yeah, I yeah. agree. I, uh, I'm picking Tennessee as well, um, probably by 10-plus points. Um as soon as Derrick Henry went down on uh, Halloween, that game and broke his foot, I think a lot of people, including myself, my best friend is a Titans fan. Um, we talk about him every day. He counted him out. I counted him out like up the postseason, like they're done. But to see them stay afloat and somehow get the number one seed without Derrick Henry, um, Ryan Tannehill has proven that he can, like, he can win games without Derrick Henry. And I didn't, I didn't really think he could. So he's proven a lot of people wrong. And I think it was like a blessing in disguise to this offense um, to see what they can do without him. So now adding him back into the mix, I feel like their options have multiplied a lot. Like they can throw, they've got more depth at running back than they probably realized they had. Um, they've got some some good uh, some good wide receivers. Obviously they've got A.J. Brown and uh, Julio Jones who got his first touchdown the last week of the season, which is ridiculous. I know he missed a lot of the season, but they're trying to fi- start to figure out how to use these other pieces and not just give Derek 40 touches a game. Um, so I think that's going to pay. That's going to pay very large dividends for Tennessee. Um, I'm really like I would personally like to see Cincinnati win because I love Joe Burrow and I like what they're yeah. doing there and I love Zach Taylor. But uh, I don't think um, I think this is probably as far as they get next year. But next year I would uh, next year I would. As far as they get this year, but next year, I would expect them to get a little bit further. But yeah, I, I think Tennessee wins by at least two scores. Mm-hmm. Joe? Yeah. Yeah. I, I, he broke it down really well. Uh, Cincinnati's definitely the sentimental favorite for me. They were my grandpappy's team. Um, but, uh, and I, you know, it was nice to see them win, win their division, win a playoff game for the first time since I was in junior high, I want to say. <laughs> um, but, uh yeah, uh Titans Titans are stacked. They're well coached. They're mm-hmm. uh, they're they're getting better 
as this they were getting better as the season was ended than than getting worse um yeah phrasing that really cleverly um <laughs> but yeah I, I i don't see i don't unless unless there's a complete just communication breakdown or something i don't i don't see um it being even a close game and i think i think tennessee is going to get out of there pretty comfortably yeah um, but yeah, a lot of great points. And I think, you know, uh, Tristan did a great job of breaking it down. He really did because he talked a little bit about, um, you know, the fact that like this team can win without Derrick Henry. That's so scary. Like yeah. when you have an, it's, it's one thing when you have a team that can run the football and just put the fear of God into you with a running back, like the Vikings were able to do with AP, you know, 10 years ago. Uh, and now I feel old, but, um, and now you've got a team in the Titans that like, they have got this complete team. Mike Vrabel does a great job of coaching them. I think it's going to be a really interesting game, um, even though I do, like I said, I do give the Titans the edge on this one. Uh, the San Francisco 49ers at at the Green Bay uh, Packers in Lambeau there. I'm, I'm kind of wondering, I think this is 8.15 Eastern time. That's kind of late, so I'm kind of wondering if like, you know, and actually Joe brought this up, which was a very good point. He brought up like, could like the weather be um, kind of a factor in that game? I don't know. I just know that I think I have the Green Bay Packers winning this one because I feel like, you know, like we said, now I have a caveat here. If the Packers are going to win, they need to put up points like we have all talked about. Like they need to put up points uh, against a team that because the thing about the 49ers is that I don't think people take into a lot of consideration is the fact that like against teams like the Vikings, teams they played throughout the year, that they will get an eight minute drive and then score a touchdown. That's a backbreaker for a defense. So it's like they just they constantly pump out those long drives that just that end in touchdowns that there's that it breaks defenses. So I, I'm kind of wondering how that's going to all end. But uh, your guys' thoughts, uh, we'll start with Tristan here because it's his team uh and you know what are your thoughts about uh Packers and 49ers um unbiased opinion Green Bay should win this game comfortably um I think they they will I think this game will be a lot closer than it should be uh in my opinion Green Bay should go out and win by 14 plus like analytically I think they should but I do think this will be a close game I think it'll come down to like a few possessions in the fourth quarter uh, it shouldn't, but I think it probably will because of how how good of a defense San Francisco's got there and their pass rush and how how balanced of a team they are and how much clock they can eat. Um, mm-hmm. Green Bay can do the same though; they can have eight minute drives and they can score touchdowns. Um, but a little too often, they'll come out with field goals rather than touchdowns. Um, so that's one thing that scares me a little bit is them settling for field goals a lot. But they uh, they should win. Um, the weather, like you said, the at factor. Uh, the weather should definitely. Uh, be detrimental to San Francisco, uh, especially Jimmy Garoppolo. Um, personally, I would be more worried about playing Trey Lance than I am Jimmy Garoppolo because um, mm. he's healthy. I know Jimmy and Trey can run. Green Bay has a history of having a hard time with mobile quarterbacks. So if they could somehow work Trey Lance into the game plan, that would be something that I would think would benefit them greatly if mm. they were to win this game. But uh, I know Jimmy's dealing with the thumb, and he's got something going on with the shoulder now. I don't know how serious that is, but uh, he's questionable for Saturday. So I know in the cold, it's not going to be any better. Um, so he's going to have a he's going to have a tough time throwing, um, regardless. But yeah, the cold is supposed to be under 10 degrees, I think, and under zero wind chill. Which Aaron, he won't have trouble throwing the football. He yeah. loves throwing a cold football. He's, he's said sometimes he actually prefers throwing a colder, harder football because of how monstrous his hands are. He said it's a little easier for him to get a grip on the ball. And it's not, sometimes it's not slick, it's more dry. I don't know. Um, personal it's Aaron Rodgers. It's Aaron Rodgers. <laughs> yeah, he's had some of his best games in the freezing cold. But so I don't think it'll really affect Green Bay's offense at all. If anything, we're going to see a ton of AJ Dillon, which is something I'm extremely excited for because that dude's a bruiser. But uh, I, I, I think this game will be a lot closer than it should. Probably like a three to ten point game, probably. Joe? Yeah, I, I, I kind of have a similar feeling. Um, I'm hoping for as embarrassing a loss to uh, San Francisco as possible because the enemy of my enemy is my friend. And uh, <laughs> this, this week I'm cheering for the Packers like I did back uh, when they won the Super Bowl against the Steelers because I hate the Steelers just a little bit more. Um, and it's not just a sentimental favorite. I think, I think Green Bay 
has the home field advantage. They have the the weather advantage. I think uh, maybe in matchups, there there are some parts where or there are some places where San Francisco is the superior team. But uh, based on what I saw under much more optimal conditions and and uh, Cowboy Stadium or AT&T Stadium uh, is a pretty optimal place to play, especially for a visiting team that has a lot of fans in the crowd. Um, Fort Niners fans took over um, AT&T Stadium and, and haven't been there. I was there um, three weeks ago for the Arizona game, and there weren't that many Arizona fans there, but when the Cowboys fans are quiet and the Arizona fans were loud, it gets loud. It's it's it, The acoustics in there are, are weird, so that was pretty optimal conditions for San Francisco, and they barely squeaked by a pretty dysfunctional team. Mm-hmm. So I think they're going to face a much more capable team with Green Bay in less optimal conditions. And I think that I think if Jimmy G plays the whole game, um, he will make mistakes that will cost the game, which mm-hmm. I will celebrate. And uh, yeah, I mean, if they put Trey Lance in there, who who knows what could happen? But mm-hmm. I, it being a, a three or a seven point, difference at the end of the game with Green Bay at the end seems it just makes sense um, barring something wild happening but yeah that it just makes the most sense you know Joe you hit on something that's actually big that you deserve a lot of credit for nobody really talks about this but like you know Jimmy G I, I feel like when he's in games that uh, are, are in like a bigger magnitude he tend he does tend to make mistakes uh, evidenced by playing the Cowboys this last week he threw that late game interception that was like it was a breath of fresh air for the Cowboys like that, that let them back into the game. And it was just like, you know, when you're a veteran quarterback, you don't put your team in a position where you could potentially, unless you're Aaron Rodgers, like he can fit it into just about any window. Same thing with Tom Brady. I mean, it, there's, there's a very few, a, a small amount of quarterbacks that are allowed to take those kind of throws. And Jimmy G is not, not one of them. So I, I, I think, you know, you're right. He does tend to have an uh, ability there to, I don't know about give games away, but he has a tendency to like put his team in not a very good position. Um, now moving on to Sunday, the 23rd at 3 PM Eastern time, uh, the Los Angeles Rams play the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. I'm actually very excited for this game because like Matt Stafford, like being in the NFC North for the last, oh, geez, what was it, eight, nine, ten years he has been, it's like you want this guy to win a Super Bowl like or at least another playoff game, but at the same time, you look at who he's playing. Like Tom Brady is, I mean, we I think we can all at least uh, agree, like he's one of the greatest quarterbacks of all time. I know in my mind he's the greatest, but I also feel like um, this game is, it's got so, like such a big um, bottom line. Like it really does. Like when you think about like, uh, Matt Stafford, if you are as good as you think, if he has, can play up to even a, a, a microbial, whatever, if he can play even up to a little <laughs> bit of his talent, um, I think he can honestly, uh, I think he can win this game and get into the a, into the NFC Championship game. I think it's huge. Um, if I had to pick, I picked the Buccaneers because I feel like Tom Brady has just proven that he knows how to handle these closer games and these bigger games uh, better than any quarterback in the league, other than maybe like Aaron Rodgers or um, you know uh, Kirk Cousins. Just kidding, just kidding. That last one. Uh, but you know, I think this is a big game. I take the Buccaneers. Um, Tristan, who you got? Um, I'm gonna take uh, LA. I picked the Rams. Okay. If the same defense shows up against Tampa that showed up against Arizona, especially in the first half, they're going to do the same thing to Tampa that they did to Arizona. And I wholeheartedly believe it. Um, regardless of who's that quarterback, regardless of what team it is, if that defense shows up and gets gets the same pressure or even close to the same pressure they got on Arizona's offense, it's going to be a long day for Tom. And he he's also one of those quarterbacks, uh, despite how good he is, um, similarly to Jimmy, like you guys said, he will give you at least two opportunities per game um, with the interceptions or bad passes that could have been intercepted. He'll give you at least two or three. Um, I know Tom's he's the GOAT, but he'll do it still. He'll give you at least one or two that are either interceptions. He throws a lot of picks. I know he's got over double digits this year. Um, but So you're guaranteed, if your defense plays well, you're going to have some turnovers that you need to capitalize on. And uh, as long as the game is going in L.A.'s favor, Matt Stafford will play very well. 
he plays with the flow really well. So if things aren't going well for Matt Stafford, then he doesn't play very well. Um, he'll throw picks too. But if stuff is going his way, then he tends to play really well, which mm-hmm. uh, seems like a kind of like a dumb statement, but it's r- extremely true for Matt Stafford. Like if your defense is playing poorly and you're giving up a lot of points and he feels the pressure, he's going to throw bad passes, uh, irresponsible passes, and he's going to give the ball away. Um but I, I put my money on L.A. That Rams defense that showed up last week was absurd. And I would expect them. This game, regardless of who plays in the NFC Championship game, this game has the biggest hype and, like, the biggest aura around it. Yep. Um, I feel like this feels – it feels like a Super Bowl to me almost because I feel like these are two of the best teams, probably the biggest hype, regardless if it's Green Bay, a rematch, or Green, Bay, Green Bay and Tampa Bay, or you know, regardless of who it is. This is the biggest game in the playoffs, I think. Yeah, this is a big game. Joe? Yeah, uh, I'm not sure who, if I agree 100% on the outcome, but I I do agree that it's the biggest game. Um, I mean, it's really hard to say because on one hand, you you have the reigning Super Bowl champions. They bring a lot to the table, but they do have slightly fewer weapons than they had last year. And statistically... They're not doing as well as they were last year at this time. Um, and then you have the Rams who, uh, after watching last night's game, they looked they looked hot, and especially that defense. Mm-hmm. Um, that defense, just so many weapons there. And, and were able to, the way they were able to dismantle the Cardinals, who, while the Cardinals had been on a slide for a while, um, still had plenty of weapons there. So... Man, I, I could see I could see the Rams winning it. I, it 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 really I think it's going to be a tight game. I think it's going to come down to who has the ball last. And and I agree with Tristan on the it, it, it seems like a weird statement, but but Matthew Stafford does play better when his defense is better. Um mm-hmm. he's not the he's not like a Dak Prescott who can who can score three touchdowns in the fourth quarter to bring his team back to lose, you know, 21 to 28 or whatever. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, there's a lot of things that kind of have to slide into place. The more I've, I've been leaning towards um, towards the Rams all day, but it's so hard to count Tom Brady out. Um, as long as he's there, uh, he he's he's a threat. Uh it could be one of those situations where where whoever gets the ball last um, wins that game, unless they're really unless that defense really messes with him. So I guess I'm I should just flip a coin and pick. I'm I'm going I'm going to go with the Bucks because I I just envision another Green Bay, um, Tampa Bay, NFC Championship game because um, it just makes the most sense to me. But I'll be pleasantly surprised if the Rams win. Uh, that'll that'd be fun, and to get them one game, to have the potential of two Super Bowls in a row where you have the home team playing in their home stadium would be pretty pretty wild. Um, yep. So I wouldn't be upset if 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 that potential was even you know um, a game away. So yeah, I'll 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 pick the Bucks, but with a heavy asterisk. After that, saying it's it's it could be a it's it's going to be a close game, and mm-hmm. it's I wouldn't be shocked if the Rams won it either. Yeah, last game here: Buffalo Bills at the Kansas City Chiefs. This is a big game for a lot of different reasons. You've got a team that's like, I feel like the Buffalo Bills are are that team that's just like they've been right here. I don't know if you guys watch any of like America's game, like uh, like those the the champion game, like. I watch them all the time because like there's like these teams that have been like on the heels of these certain teams like just can't quite get over the hump. The 2000 Buccaneers uh, were a great example. Uh, if you guys watch that America's game, you, you, Warren Sapp talked about how like, you know, they were they would always lose to the Eagles and like the finally the one year he's like, we're not this year. And they went out and won the Super Bowl because of it. Like, I feel like the Bills are that team like they have been uh, so close against the Chiefs so many times that it's like this is it like. They are the they're the most equipped as they are like right now is um, the most equipped they are to 
potentially at least take on the Chiefs and, and see how this ends up. Um, I, for this one, I I'm, I know I'm picking favorites here, but like I just feel like the Chiefs. I mean, they have Patrick Mahomes. Like it's just you know, and that's why I picked the Packers too uh, when we were talking about that game earlier. Like they just when you have a good quarterback like that, like you just you go with what's hot. Like you go with the quarterback that you know. In my mind, that like if he's healthy and that team is playing even a quarter of the way it can, it's like you just don't bet against them. Like. I've made too many mistakes in this life, and that is one of them. Is I've I've bet against Aaron Rodgers, I've bet against Patrick Mahomes, and I just came out the other end a sad Vikings fan that realized when good quarterbacks play great quarterbacks. Uh, in my mind, I think Josh Allen is close to being a great quarterback. Um, you know, we we've seen the outcome, so I I, I truly believe that moving forward, this is going to be a game where. Uh, it's either it's time to put up or shut up. And that is exactly what this game is. I go with the Chiefs here. Um, for the last one, here we go. Joe, tell me, give me your pick here real quick of the uh, Chiefs versus the Bills. I'm going with the Bills. Um, oh. I think the Chiefs are a really good team. But like I've been saying since the day before the Super Bowl this last year, um, which you have kindly recorded for everyone to go back in the archives and check, um, the Chiefs are beatable. Um, there's there's a there's a, a, a method to beating them that ha- was established um, by Bruce Arians and by the Tampa Bay Buccaneers last year, and that that plan was available to anyone who sought to use it. Um, not many teams took advantage of that this season, um, but I saw a Dallas Cowboys team uh, hold Patrick Mahomes to 18 points. Mm-hmm. Um, in a in a home game in a in a game in Kansas City, um, I saw them lose some squeakers. I saw them blow out some teams. I I think that if you harass Patrick Mahomes enough and you cover his receivers because he doesn't he has some good receivers, but his receiving core isn't what I'd call elite necessarily. I know you talked about Travis Kelsey earlier, but I've seen Patrick Mahomes throw passes right into Travis Kelsey's hand that bounced clean off. Mm-hmm. Um, I think there's I think there's ways of beating them, and I think the Bills have some of those tools available, and I think they can score enough um, that if they if they can slow down that Chiefs offense, they can outscore them. Because um, mm-hmm. you can't just, like, beat them into submission. You kind of just have to hold them underwater until the time runs out. Mm-hmm. And I think the Bills can do that. I think they've got momentum because they played last week. Mm-hmm. And uh, I don't know. I'm just tired of seeing the Chiefs in the AFC Championship. So a- uh, I'm still still a little bitter about the the way they beat the Cowboys earlier this season. And they deserve to. But I, I still think they're beatable, so I'm going with the Bills. I will say that was kind of a violent analogy, but we'll move on to Tristan, beat them into submission or hold them under the water until they stop thrashing. That's kind of, no, I'm just kidding. I know it was, a, it was more hold the back. That's just kind of dark. Sorry, Tristan, go ahead. Uh, Bills or the Chiefs? Oh, I thought that breakdown was excellent. And I agree with it uh, 100%. I'm picking the Bills. Um, wow. There's nothing to do with me disliking Kansas City. I like Kansas City and I like Mahomes. <laughs> But I think they're more beatable than Buffalo is. Um, and their defensive backs, Buffalo's defensive backs are, uh, their whole secondary plays extremely well. Mm-hmm. And uh, the way Micah Hyde flies around and that secondary flies around, if, as long as they utilize that blueprint and uh, play that Chiefs offense a similar way Tampa did, a similar way other de- teams have done to limit them, then I think it should be fairly easy for Buffalo to beat Kansas City. Um, and if if that offense shows up, that showed up last week against the Patriots, um, that was, I did not, regardless of how good that offense is and how good Josh Allen was, I didn't see that coming at all. I didn't think they were going to go out and score touchdowns every single possession of the game. Um, and the Patriots defense, it's not like elite, but it's good. I mean, you're coached by Bill Belichick. It's a very good defense, probably top 15 if I had to guess. I don't know what it is, but it's a good defense, respectable defense. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, they're riding momentum. Um, I agree with your your take on you have to, like, you, you got to put them underwater early. Um, you got to go up by, like, 14, at least two scores early, and you got to keep it there. 
you can give them points, but as long as you're giving them points, you need to keep scoring. Um, you got to keep them under you. And I think that's the way Buffalo wins it. I think if Kansas City gets out on top early, it's over. Um, you you have to limit them early. Similar, I think that's the same way you beat Green Bay, too. You got to put them in a hole early and you got to keep them beneath you. So that's uh, that'd be the way they do it. But because of the momentum, because Kansas City is coming off a bye, I expect them to start a little slow. And I would expect Buffalo to start hot. So I would like. If I had to predict how the game goes, I, I would predict Buffalo comes out like 21-0 to zero in the first quarter or first half, comes out hot, hot, like 21-3, like very hot. And I, I would expect Kansas City to creep their way back into the lead um, and make it an interesting game in the fourth quarter. But uh, I'm going to pick the Bills in this one just because I think they're more capable of a team defense-wise. Um, their, their secondary is far superior to Kansas City's secondary. Um, so, yeah, just got to slow them down, make them make mistakes. Yeah, great analogies. I, I really think this is going to be a lot of really uh, interesting games this weekend. Um, thank you guys for joining us. Uh, hour of our time, man. We really appreciate you guys both coming on. I know this is uh, it. It never. It doesn't feel like an hour. Like it really doesn't. Like I, I know that uh, in my mind. You know, uh, if I if I had a radio station, we could do three hour segments. Hell, that'd be that'd be all we did. Uh, because I, I just love uh, the, these previews going into the playoff games. But anything else you guys like to add before we get out of here? No, no I appreciate you yeah, having. Oh, uh, you gotta, you gotta toss to one of us. Okay, um, I'm sorry. Appreciate okay, you jump. having us on, but um, it's 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 been real fun. It, it, the time just uh, speeds by, and uh, I feel like we uh, we learn a little bit. <laughs> we we come on. Yes, we, we do. Yes, yes, we do. Tristan, my man. Oh, I had a good time. I agree. We learned a lot. Um, I'm glad we could come to some similar junctures on Mike McCarthy there. Um, I'm glad you see the same way I see Mike McCarthy and I saw him for so long before he was fired. I, um, like I was calling for Zimmer to be fired years ago and it finally happened long overdue, but, uh, yeah, just good to finally hop on, hop back on and talk some ball. So hopefully we can get another one in the next couple of weeks. Absolutely, yeah. We'll be coming back talking about the playoffs and the Packers, the, whether they go or what happens this next week. It's going to be really interesting. Um, but anywho, that's all we got from all of us at the Sports Brief Podcast. Make sure you guys give us a like and sub on iTunes. Uh, also, please remember, check out our website at thesportsbriefpodcast.com. If you guys have anything else you guys would like to add, please make sure you send us uh, an email at thesportsbp at yahoo.com or put it in the comment section down below. But always from this channel, peace out.